What the hell is the name of this thing? It's Wayne's World. The award-winning Evan Grant. I can't even count anymore on my fingers and toes. Kevin Sherrington. Kevin Sherrington, clown number one. Mary Horn. He tried to get me in mid-shoe. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Evan, a, little, a little more enthusiasm. Welcome to Ballsy. Where you know it's edgy because it, now we now spell it with a Z. Yeah, yeah, we're really edgy. Yeah, very edgy. Welcome into Ballsy, the Dallas Morning News uh, and Sports Day DFW's podcast. I'm Evan Grant, joined by clown number one. Kevin Sherrington. And clown number two. Clown number two, I'm Barry Horn. And I think we should really call this Baldy today because on the line we have... Bob Sturm. Bob, hey hi, how are you? Thanks for having me. How is our how is our crosstalk? Can you grade our crosstalk uh, segment? It's it's uh it's better than the evening news, uh, <laughs> where where they discuss uh you know the 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 Celeste story on the puppy that was rescued, and uh, it's not quite as bad as uh, Norm and our show crosstalking. So it's uh it's, it's somewhere in there. All right, we'll work, we'll work on making it even more awkward. We like it when you get into it with Norm. That that's the that's the best stuff. That's usually Dan's job, and I just uh, I just. Uh, you, you, you just my knees and hope mom and dad come home really fast. <laughs> hey Bob, is this the? I have a question for you. Uh, now that we have no uh, NFL football game to be played this week, is this actually the most exciting week of the football calendar for you? Uh, no, no, not at all. I, 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 I absolutely am not one of those people that prefer draft season to football season. I, uh, I, I love football dearly. But uh, make no mistake, I prefer the real thing to uh, to watching college games every morning uh, to get ready for these uh, draft profiles and everything. Um, so, so Senior Bowl, you know, it's 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 fun um, because it gets you a chance to kind of get to know everybody, um, whether that whether you're there and actually getting to know them by talking to them, or uh, you're pressed up against the screen like I am but uh, but either way it's kind of the official start of draft season where uh, we put faces with names and everything like that you know so you, we can what like what mock draft version are we on right now I don't do mock drafts I know I you don't but I'm, do I'm just drafts. like is Mel uh, on version number three or four oh, already? I'm, I'm sure he is I I can't I and I I know uh, our business cringes at uh, what I'm about to say, but uh, that's part of the fun of it, don't you think? Um, I can't think of anything dumber than mock drafts in general, and I know some of us have to do them, but the fact is, we prove time and time again that it's next to impossible for us to figure out what the Cowboys are thinking. Now, extrapolate that. 32 times to what all these other franchises are thinking. I mean, seriously. I, I know there are people who are very good at it, but they're very good at it because they have uh, embedded sources. They're not very good at it because they can predict what 32 war rooms are thinking. That's just that's impossible. You might as well attempt to figure out your Powerball number. And, 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 about and the same likelihood. And then it all goes to hell when they, somebody trades up or trades down, and, and yeah. the, whole, the whole thing explodes. And I don't know why we equate anybody, though, Bob, with uh, Jerry Jones and what they're doing out there at Valley Ranch. So let's. Yeah, let's... I mean, it's, it's impossible to think. <laughs> I mean, you, that's yeah, that's the distinction. Anytime you're asked about the Cowboys, you're, you you ask, well, which answer do you want? Do you want what I think they should do, or do you want me to predict what Jerry Jones thinks they should do? Those are two wildly different things most of the time. All right, now let's talk about something you did and some very fine work for the Dallas Morning News over the weekend. You did a little uh, uh, little kind of a uh, special on Carson Wentz 
the, yes, uh, the quarterback from North Dakota State. Do you think it's possible the Cowboys would take him with the fourth pick of the draft? Absolutely, I think it's possible. Uh, now, it's, it's very early. Uh, it, it, now, that's, that's another thing we should define. It's not early in that he won't play any more college games. All of his college football games have been completed. So from that standpoint, we do have a body of work. Now comes the second element where he has to uh, pass all of the um, close-up exams from such things as the Senior Bowl, the Combine, the Medicals, the Pro Day, and all of that, including personality tests, which, which are actually heavily valued uh, for the quarterback position the personal interviews, I mean, and uh, kind of get an idea of, is this guy capable of understanding what we need from the quarterback position that we don't ask of linebackers or running backs? And that is basically being, um, in some ways, the face of the franchise, the babysitter of the locker room, just all the things that go into what you expect out of a franchise quarterback. So uh, is Wentz the type of guy who looks like a big-time quarterback prospect who should be considered as a first-round pick and maybe even a high first-round pick. Uh, from watching his games, I absolutely believe that. So in that regard, the fact that Cowboys coaches will be involved with the North team and or, or the, the – the, yeah, the, is it the North team? North. Team West. Uh, yes, it, yes, it, it is the North team. The, uh, I can't – I get my blues and my grays and my east and my west confused. <laughs> it's uh, a Civil War thing. The fact that the Cowboys coaches will be involved with Wentz this week, uh, how valuable do you think that will be in, in determining uh, whether or not he's the right fit for this organization? Well, it depends who you ask. Uh, if you were to ask a coach, they would say it's incredibly valuable. Uh, we get to uh, basically ask him to do anything we want him to do over the course of uh, you know an entire week. Usually at a pro day, uh, he'll be put through a workout, but as a team, you're just kind of observing. And at the combine, you'll get 15 minutes with him. Uh, but this is a this is unprecedented access to Carson Wentz that they don't have for Jared Goff, and they won't have for Paxton Lynch. Uh, you know, you can bring the guy in for your personal team workouts, uh, but but this should be even better because now you can put him on a field in 22 man drills. You can you can uh, see him at a game carrying out your game plan. That's very very valuable. Now, if you ask a scout, they will recoil a little bit and say, uh, "Man, the worst thing that can happen right. sometimes is the coaches getting to meet some of these guys and suddenly thinking they're scouts." So that's why. Uh, those organizations that have uh, incredible unity in the organization between scouts and coaches, uh, that, that would be very valuable here. Are the Cowboys that uh, organization? Uh, traditionally, we are told no. We are told that the scouts and the coaches often get into uh, uh, heated arguments in the war room, like we saw in 2013 with the uh, Sharif Floyd uh, uh, story and, and things like that. So, um, depending on who you ask, it's either the greatest thing ever or the worst thing ever. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, uh, is it possible that they get to get to know him too well and they get to dissect him too much and, and they say, oh, no, you know, he's, he passes 99, but on that 100th thing, we, we don't like it, and, they, and, and reject him because they know him too well? Yeah, I mean, the whole, the whole draft evaluation process is one big study on confirmation bias. You know, every every morning I'll grab a player, and I'm certainly not a scout, just a, a wannabe who thinks it's fun. But uh, but for them, when you break down a player, the worst thing you can have is uh, a preconceived notion about what you're going to look at. Uh, 
Uh, I, am, I am a simple man. What is confirmation bias? Uh, confirmation <laughs> bias is basically uh, having your outcome before you even start the study, and then you only look for evidence that supports your your, your feelings and uh, kind of ignore the stuff that uh, defies it, right? Oh, that's how I write all my stories. Okay, thank yeah, you. Very yeah, good, very I think, good. I think we're all pretty good at it, yeah. if you want to be honest. I, I think that uh, what we're going to see in the Senior Bowl is a very Romo-friendly offense. Don't you think? this isn't that, They're, <laughs> they're going to put him out there and see, can you run this offense? Since, since Brandon Whedon couldn't do it and Matt Castle couldn't do it, uh, yeah, and Kellen Moore couldn't do it. We're going to see if this Carson Wentz guy can run our Romo-friendly offense. Well, here, here, Kevin is the elephant in the room, and that is, uh, do you think that the Cowboys' coaching staff, who many would argue, including me, that this offense has needed a uh, major facelift since about 2012, uh, do you entrust this coaching staff and specifically Jason Garrett uh, to develop your next franchise quarterback? Because honestly. Just about every quarterback not named Tony Romo that has uh, passed through here has ended up looking um, very feeble by the time he was done, with the exception of John Kidna, who was pretty set in his ways and pretty uh, self-confident. But but everyone else turns into Captain Checkdown or a guy who is uh, incredibly confused with uh, what's, uh, how the offense is supposed to look. So uh, there's not a ton of confidence from the people I talk to that this is the best def- uh, destination for a young quarterback to be molded uh, in the ways of the future, but uh, but perhaps uh, that's just uh, being Debbie Downer on this thing, and I should just get fired up. Did you see uh, David Moore's fine story with Danny White, in which Danny White made the uh, characterization that uh, basically what you said that uh, that he he feels like that this this club has made this way too friendly for Romo that, that they look for him. They, there's no there's no timing routes involved here. There's it's all about the receiver getting open and facing the the, uh, the quarterback when he's, he sees the ball coming. I mean, frankly, because I'm, I'm not watching cut-ups. I'm just watching what's on TV. But I'm, I'm betting that, that Des Bryant, most of the time, is not catching the ball out of a break. Most of the time, he's catching the ball when he's looking at it. Yeah, I, you know, I, I really enjoyed that story. I think there's a lot to it. I, there were a couple things I would dispute. The uh, the premise that uh, the Cowboys don't have any hot routes is, uh, I, I believe, that's pretty fictional, uh, especially uh, after I bounced it off a few people uh, inside the organization. Hey, are you guys, did you guys read that piece Friday? Yeah, it's great. Uh, what are they talking about about no hot routes? Yeah, that, that, that's not true. And and if you know if you watch the Cowboys, of course they they alter their routes uh, to to uh, you know buy into blitzes. But Danny White is certainly uh, far more accomplished in football than I am, so I'm I, I would love to hear him elaborate on that sort of thing. But 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 overall, his view that the offense is stale and it's too tailored to Romo, and that's too tailored to Romo uh, making something out of nothing. Uh, you'll get you'll get no arguments uh, from anyone who I think has uh, studied this offense pretty carefully over the years. Bob, let's uh, let's do a quick comparison. Wentz to the other two uh, top quarterbacks in the draft, Goff and Paxton Lynch. Well, you know, I mean, I guess you have to start with the fact that uh, they they all have uh, a pretty tremendous size. Uh, probably the, the the slightest of them is is oh. Goff, um, and and you know from that standpoint, uh, there's a there's a stature thing where you want the right height, but uh, I think Cam Newton demonstrates to some extent that you don't mind a fair amount of, uh, of uh, uh, you know, yeah, let's go with girth. Uh, I was trying to think of a way to navigate around that word. But, girth uh, is always a good word in when you're in our company. <laughs> yes, well, uh, <laughs> the, thing, you know, the thing is you want a durable quarterback. Uh, you want a quarterback who can take a bit of a beating. Uh, the thing about Wentz, if there is something that troubles me, because I think he can throw the ball about as hard 
and about as far as anyone. I've heard some people question his velocity, but I, I wonder if we're watching the same games because he fires it in there. Uh, the the thing about him that does bother me is he does seem to take some direct hits, and I don't really know how to um, put this into words all the time, but whether it's football or hockey, these contact sports, there are just some guys who seem to always take direct hits, and there are other guys who never take direct hits, and and while that, you know, I, uh, again, we get back into, uh, you know, bias uh, with our research and only picking the plays that fit our agenda. But I do think Carson Wentz at that level of football was taking some direct hits. And therefore, at the NFL level, you do wonder uh, what sort of damage would be done. Um, but, but as far as kind of running a pro-style offense, being under center and in shotgun, making all the throws, and man, that guy can make that sideline throw, the what they call the NFL throw, the the deep out uh, at the 17 or 18 yards, something that Romo does really, really well. Uh, Wentz can do it from the opposite hash mark, and he can do it with great ease. Uh, Paxton Lynch is really, I don't want to say he's Kaepernick with a better uh, passing game because he doesn't run like Kaepernick. Nobody does. Kaepernick runs like a deer. But in terms of being 6'7", and uh, having movement skills where he wants to roll out to either side, uh, watching him carve up Ole Miss was just beautiful. So if you want to know what he can do against top competition, um, where he, he runs to his left, plants his feet, and throws back to his right, and it's just a thing of beauty. It's a dart right between the uh, corner and the safety for a touchdown. Uh, he's really good when he runs. Uh, third down, uh, he can break, uh, contain, and then go get you a first down with his legs or his arms. So I really like Paxton Lynch, although he played at Memphis. So there are also competition questions there. And then Jared Goff is the most accomplished in terms of uh, level of play. But he's also had um, probably the thing that bothers me most about quarterbacks, which is um, judgment errors and throwing into coverage. Um, All of them will do it to some extent because they're quarterbacks and you want them to take chances, not just check the ball down safely like Brandon Whedon all the time. So you are going to throw interceptions. The question is, uh, how often are you going to trust your arm when you shouldn't trust your arm? So I I, I would say with Goff, he's probably the highest ceiling, but he also is the guy who I have the most questions about right now in terms of, uh, um, you know, what's between the ears, and then he's just so darn skinny. And after seeing Robert Griffin III kind of uh, taken apart over the the case of a couple years in the NFL, I, I just I, I like a little more meat on the bones of the uh, quarterbacks who are going to take a beating in the NFL, you know. So, Bob, we, we hear you just outlined that the, the three guys are considered the top quarterbacks in the draft, uh, and, and you hear people say, "Well, that's, with the fourth pick, the Cowboys uh, they won't take a, a, a quarterback there because they need a guy who's going to compete right away. The, the Romo window is just so so big." Blah blah blah. I think this is the perfect reason why they should take a quarterback with a fourth pick because there's such a drop off. After those three, if you're thinking you're going to get a guy who's going to compete for you and, and be Romo's heir in the second or the third round, you're dreaming. Yeah, yeah. I, I think statistics do show uh, that while there are exceptions and exceptions that we like to make a, a bunch of in the media, uh, if you're looking for a franchise quarterback, and, and what that means is he's your QB one for somewhere between eight and ten seasons, and that's a that's a small small group. Uh, but if you're looking for that guy. By and large, you're going to have to find him not only in the first round, but for the most part in the top ten picks of the first round. And and so, that's, I mean, it's tough to do. And people can also 
Well, then I'm going to so, I'm going to say you're going to have to hope that Jerry Jones did not watch that AFC Championship game yesterday and watch Peyton Manning and say, "Hey, an old quarterback. There's still time. He's an old quarterback. I have an old quarterback. I don't need uh, a, a young quarterback to win soon enough. I need some help on defense because those Broncos really uh, with yeah. where with where I might add." Uh, really, really put it to Brady. So I, I think Jerry Jones may have watched that game yesterday and go, "See, uh, Peyton Manning. I got a kid compared to Peyton Manning. Let's let's well, go. Let's get some something else." If, if he was paying close attention yesterday, uh, he would notice that three of the four quarterbacks uh, are older than Tony Romo. That's true, but also three of the four were the first pick in the draft in their years, and, and, and so that's where you go get blue chip talent. Uh, and and you know, even if you go back the week before. Uh, other, you know, the final eight quarterbacks, uh, Alex Smith was the first pick in the draft, and, you know, uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers was a first-rounder, Teddy Bridgewater was a first-rounder, uh, Russell Wilson, uh, I guess Bridgewater went on a wild-card weekend, but uh, Russell Wilson was a second-rounder. So, I mean, you can talk yourself into all of these things, but for me, I don't believe that Tony Romo has four years left. I don't believe, honestly, that he has three years left. I uh, a, a fair margin for Tony Romo is probably two more seasons. And, and I have to tell you, the news from the weekend that he's having another procedure, I know we're all going to uh, try to put a rosy spin on it, but there's nothing rosy you can put on another procedure uh, when, when there were projections that he might be healthy to play in the championship game. Yeah, Not put, healthy. Putting, putting the, the, a metal plate in a guy's clavicle is never something that sounds like a uh... – Real optimistic move, and I know what what the Cowboys are saying is that this will strengthen the clavicle, and he'll be ready for for both OTAs and for um, and for mini camps. But uh, yeah, it's it's obvious that that there's that there's more concern there that that the uh, that the clavicle is not. Um, I, I'm yeah. for putting in steel clavicles on both sides. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, replace all his bones, steel yeah. knees, put Absolutely. a steel plate in his back. Absolutely, get get the guy who did Colby Lewis's hip and put a new hip in there. Absolutely. And, Bob, before we let you go, and we got to get out of here pretty quickly, you gave me a list of, of, of a bunch of names uh, when we texted earlier today. But uh, I'm, I'm curious, outside of Wentz, who, who's clearly a high-profile guy, is there somebody in this game uh, this weekend that Cowboy fans should be paying particular attention to? The senior bowl. Well, yeah, I mean, um, I, and, and let's move to like the 34th pick or the 67th pick, because they have three really good picks. Anytime you have top 70 picks, you got you got to nail all three of them. That's the thing. Cowboys have been nailing first-round picks, but not second-round and third-round guys regularly enough, and that's where uh, the roster really needs to get built properly. And then, so from that standpoint, they'll be working with several defensive linemen. And uh, I know, uh, again, people are like, oh, another lineman. Trust me, that's the way to go. Uh, you want to build your team. Look at Carolina. Uh, look at Denver. You you want many many guys who can who can collapse a pocket, and you want to be able to do it without blitzing. You want to be able to uh, trouble Tom Brady without sending more than four, and that means you can't have Nick Hayden playing defensive tackle for you all the time. I love Nick Hayden. He's a good Wisconsin Badger, but he's just he, he's you know in, in two or three seasons he hasn't made hardly any plays behind the line of scrimmage because that's not what he does. So Austin Johnson from Penn State is the type of guy. He's also on the Cowboys squad in the North. That, uh, that might be that type of defensive tackle. Uh, Carl Nassib will be more of a pass rusher, but also from Penn State, he led the country in sacks. And, uh, you know, that's, he'll also be on that team. Um, you just start looking up and down 
the the rosters and the strength of the senior bowl is the defensive line and uh, the Cowboys can certainly continue to add there in the second and third rounds and there's good value there because there's a lot of them so uh, the you know Oklahoma and Baylor both have a lot of players at the senior bowl but they're all on the south obviously doesn't mean they're not targets but Sean Oakman will have a chance to rebuild his stock he certainly needs it uh, Charles Tapper from OU can get in that mix and of course the OU slot wide receiver Sterling Shepard uh, could uh, could not only uh, perform for you as a wide receiver, but also as a punt returner. And, and that's certainly something the Cowboys could upgrade on as well. All right, Bob. Well, you have been a uh, font of information. Yes. <laughs> a fount, well, I think, not a font. Not a font. A fount. <laughs> a fount of information. <laughs> yes, what uh, font was he like, Helvetica? Serif. Serif. Sad serif. Bob, you're always great. We appreciate you coming on and taking the time. And uh, we, we, we love your expertise. Love listening to you on the radio. And we were, this is one of our three uh, podcasts this week, as Barry Horn likes to always remind us. We also have one with uh, Doug Brocale on the Rangers, the in new which he, coach. In which he does talk about the possibility of eating a human. Yes, he, he does. Did. You should tune in and listen to that. We've done that, that already. Yeah. I will. Yeah. And then also we got one coming up with the, on our college podcast with R.C. Slocum, the old Texas A&M coach. He's not old. Don't he's not he's old. Not, not that much older than <laughs> no. us. No. So, so uh, star studded. Yeah, it's a star studded lineup. Just, Bob, we appreciate you. We we will keep uh, going going to you. We have no use for Dan on this show. We're we're all about Bob Sturm. We're all we're we're snarky enough. Well, <laughs> then you guys sound a lot like a lot like me. So I appreciate. <laughs> that. All right, Bob. Take care. Bye, guys. All right, well, before we get out of here on the on the Cowboy podcast, um, do you have any thoughts about the AFC and NFC championship games? Uh, well, the, that, the first one was really good. The AFC championship game was really good. The NFC championship game was terrible. But, did, you know, I, I was watching AFC that game. AFC good, and it, <laughs> NFC no, bad. But, but, but I, I, thought maybe, I, was, I thought back to the week before, and I, I thought maybe Arizona would mount a, a better comeback. Uh, kind of like Green Bay did the week before. Uh, Carson Palmer just imploded. He did. It was Seven un- turnovers yeah. yesterday. And then he had six of them. You know, he had four interceptions and, and two fumbles. It was that, just an unbelievably blank. I, I think – are we all unanimous that we thought that Carolina was going to jump out to a big lead and that the only question was would they allow a comeback or not? Because it, it seems like over the last half of the season there were a lot of times the, the Panthers did that. And then they and they kind of folded up in the second I just, yeah, just want to say, half. you watch the Panthers play, and I watch Luke Keekley play, and I think there is Sean Lee Sands' injury. Right. And, and right. It, what an amazing player he is. What yeah, but Morris Claiborne has had a better career. Yeah, that was the draft in the 2012 draft when Morris Claiborne, the Cowboys traded and got him sixth. And uh, and Luke Keekley went ninth and, in Carolina. And tell us who did you want the Cowboys? I, I, I like drop. drop I like Luke Keekley. You know, here's why I like Luke Keekley because in college at Boston College, he 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 led the nation in tackles at, at least two years and maybe three years. And to me, it was like, at what point do you not just say, "Wow, this unbelievable production"? Uh, you know, he leading the nation. This is and we, we, we should row? we should whether it's with Bob or with another draft expert. I'd love to talk to somebody before before the the draft comes around. Just about the para, the paralysis by analysis that goes on in the NFL because they spend so much time breaking down so much minutia, and I think they they overcomplicate things for themselves often. Uh, this should be since these guys are basically going from the colleges and having multiple seasons in colleges straight into the NFL. This should be the truest draft that there is. Well, I think. but but but. but. 
I don't think Jerry Jones does analysis paralysis by analysis. I think Jerry Jones gets in there and goes, this is the guy I want. I'll tell you what's going to happen. Uh, I, I, I do believe this. I think they will take Carson Wentz just because of the senior bowl. I think that Jerry will get in there and he will say, wow, this kid is great. He's right. big. He's great. Especially if, if the coaches come back raving about it. Yes. Him. And yeah. I think that, that that is the thing that that's just the kind of thing that will we'll send Jerry. That I'm predicting that. And then he find some way to draft Hunter Henry, the tight end from Arkansas. Oh, you're, you're right. big. You say that every yeah. single week. Yeah, well, well they got to get rid of Escobar because <laughs> – Yeah, that's right. Barry's wait, wait, wait till Escobar. Wait till Escobar shows up on the New England Patriots next year and catches 80 passes. And, and, and by the way, the New England, New England Patriots, were they, did we shoot some holes in them yesterday in that they're game? So Just a little bit? They're so beat up. They're like – Oh, they're beat up. They couldn't block anybody. Yeah, because you, they have their third and fourth string offensive linemen in no, the game. I, I tell that, you what, hey, has – that that Demarcus, where is he a rookie? Yeah, he is he's not pretty, a rookie. He's, he's, he's pretty, pretty good. good. How about he, how about the kid from A and M? Where you did like he, him? Where a free did, agent. Where did Demarcus Ware play before? Yeah, he, I think he played here. I think, as, as I recall. And you know, Jerry did say he regretted that. And I, and I have to say, I was I was all in favor of them letting him go. The, the production cap was going space, down. He was being space, hurt. Space. The cap space was available. But Jerry has to come out and said, "Listen." Looking back on it, you know, if I'd known we were going to be this good, like last year when they went twelve and four, uh, not this year when they were terrible, uh, he wouldn't have let him go. Right. You know. So. All right, we got to get out of here. We got RC Cola coming up. Um, oh my God! Don't don't say that on the air. Don't say that to him, please. I you won't. already said it on the air. Yeah. We're, we're gonna have we're gonna have Kevin introduce him. Goodbye. <laughs>